You've got style, seen one alpha. What were you like as a kid? Um, I would say I was very challenging, really, really hyper. I was a smart aleck, uh, as we would say. Kind of spunky. Uh, such a tomboy. What would you say your style is now? A little bit hippie-ish. Always comfortable. Matching. Timeless. I really don't have a style right now. <laughs> Can you describe your personality? Uh, on or off the golf course? Bright. Awesome. Loud, very loud. Outgoing. Daring. Spontaneous. I don't want to say dramatic, but a little bit. <laughs> How do you best connect with God? through serving. When I get in my car and just turn worship music up really loud. During intimate conversations with close friends and mentors. Through His Word. In nature is where I connect with God. Well, good morning. My name is Jim, and I'm one of the pastors here at Journey Church. Thrilled that you could be with us this morning. If this is your first time online, certainly hope it's not your last. We are going to dive into part two of a series called You've Got Style. And we've been really seeking from the beginning to answer that question, how do we best connect with God? Um, <clears throat> I'm a little, uh, it's going to be confession time for Jim. Um, so <clears throat> the beginning part is going to make me a little nervous. Um, the whole week as I was kind of working through this message, I thought to myself, I've I, want to, I just want to talk about what's happening in all of our lives, because I think in all of our lives, there are things that, that maybe keep us from connecting with God the way we want, um, and it's really hard to, to talk about that unless I'm honest with what's happening in my life. Um, so here you go. A few, uh, about a year ago, my wife and I, during the midst of COVID, decided to rip our deck apart, which was a great idea. Uh, <clears throat> I talked to some of you guys in your home projects. Never, never. Great idea. Uh, we ripped it apart, and our, our luck, you know, we ripped it apart, and then the all wood kind of vanished from all the lumber stores, so we had to wait like three months to get back to it. But we ended up putting it back, and a few months, or a few weeks after we did that, we noticed a lump on her left arm. Um, thought it was probably a cyst or something from uh, just working. Me, she always says I worked her too hard. Apparently, uh, I did. Um, noticed a little cyst on it, and for a few weeks, a few months, it really wasn't much. Around November, it started to grow, and it started to, to hurt. Um, I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. Um, <clears throat> we went to a bunch of doctor's offices, done a bunch of appointments. Nobody could figure it out. Multiple tests. Uh, fast forward from November through February. Um, ultrasounds, MRIs, everything you can imagine. No one had any idea. So um, the result we had was to meet with an oncologist, get a biopsy, and they'll send a biopsy down to Boston because uh, we know it's, it's some kind of lump, and they don't remove those here, so we have to go to Boston for it. Um, so we did, and uh, about, a, about 10 days after the biopsy, um, the EMMC called us back, and, uh, or EMCC rather. They had no idea what it was. They still couldn't figure it out. Uh, we waited for Boston. Uh, during that time, as you probably imagine, at this point you're probably imagining right now, uh, you think of the worst possible scenarios. You think of, of absolute disaster case. And we would ask our specialists when they would call, what do you think it is? And say, well, here's our best guess. And 
we had no idea what they would answer, so they'd, they'd give us things, and then we would do what any of you would do. We'd go out and we Google it, which is like the worst idea imaginable. As, as great as the internet is, it is awful in this scenario. And we'd Google it, and you know, we, we would read the most horrible things possible. Um, uh, things from all different types of weird cancers to possibly having just a, a year or two left to live. And, you know, it, all those things bring about certain levels of fear. Um, we finally got a hold of uh, our surgeon at Boston. They nailed it. Um, we found out she has cancer. Uh, she has a, what's called a synovial sarcoma on her left arm that needs to be removed. Um, their seriousness about it gave us very much hesitation. Um, they said it was a soft tissue cancer and that uh, these things are known to spread and, and it's known to gravitate towards lungs and soft tissue. So um, that started in March and since March, our life has been chaos. Uh, countless doctor's appointments. Almost every day we're seeing a different doctor or we were seeing a different doctor. Countless tests being done. Um, as far as bad news goes, the good side of this is that we know it's nowhere else but on her arm. We know that through five weeks of radiation, uh, she's about halfway through that right now, about five weeks of radiation and then a month off and then surgery. And after that, we should be cancer-free and we should move on. Uh, all that to say, that it's really weird to start a message off with this. Everyone's feeling down, and I, I can see your faces because I'm sure you're seeing mine. Um, sometimes life throws things at you, and you don't know how to deal with it. And for us, it, it, it did. And really, we had, we had two ways of, of going. Bad news typically causes people to do one of two things. You either run from God or you run to God. Uh, and that's kind of where I want to go with, with this this morning. This caused something to break in us that, that either said, either I'm going to hold God accountable for this, and I don't think God's accountable for this. I don't think God is the cause of bad things. Uh, we've talked about this here many times, that God doesn't cause uh, sickness. He doesn't cause disease. He doesn't cause bad things. These things all come about because sin entered the world through our rebellion. And with sin came sickness and came disease. And these kind of things just come. Um, so it came to us. And we were faced with a question, what do we do? do? Do we get angry and throw our fists at God and shake? And to be honest, if that is your reaction, if you're in a situation like this, that's okay. God can handle your anger. He can handle your emotion. But it, that doesn't have to be the answer. Uh, and it sent us running for God. Uh, in the midst of the chaos of our life, we found that connecting with God during this season was the only thing that was going to get us through it. And now we're about halfway through radiation. And people have often asked me, as a matter of fact, my friend did an interview with me a few weeks ago, and just said, what do you think God's telling you through this? And I said, I, I don't know exactly what the answer is yet because we're still going through it. But I can already see a change in me. I can already see a change in my wife. The, the, the dependency and the trust on God is greater than it's ever been. The empathy for, for people and for how people are, uh, are going through suffering and, and how we can connect with that is greater than it's ever been. I don't know what the answer is yet, but I already know the answer is something good. I know that God's taking what is a horrible situation and no one should have to go through, and he's already beginning to change it through good. And, and my guess is you're not the, we're not the only ones going through that. There are seasons in your life where, where life's going to throw you a curveball, and you're not going to know how to react. And really, you're, you're faced with the choice. Do I run to God or do I run from God? And if I run to God, what do I do with that? How, how do I connect? Maybe it, for you, it's not a health scare. Maybe for you, it's just that you're so stinking busy, right? I mean, I mean this is like the answer to everyone's question. When, when you ask somebody how you're doing, no one says to me, no one says I'm fine anymore because I've taught you guys not to say I'm fine. 
<clears throat> but the answer I get almost all the time, and I'm sure everyone else in, in your life gets, is I'm just busy. I'm just really busy. I'm just, I, that's what we do, right? Our lives are busy. We find things to fill our lives if our lives aren't already filled. And there's all these kinds of demands on our lives. For us, over the last few months, it's been countless doctor's appointments and daily radiation treatments and me stepping more into, into being a caretaker for the home so my wife can take a break and, and make sure she recovers and bounces back. Life has been busier for me than, than I, I can imagine it's ever been in our marriage. Maybe for you, it, it looks similar. Maybe your life is just busy. Maybe you're a college student, and there's all these demands on your time, and you're trying to study, and in the midst of studying, you're working a job you know, two or three days a week, and, and then you also have an internship, and you, know, you don't get paid for internships. You're there three days a week, and there's all that stress, and then you come back, and in the midst of trying to study and keep that 3.0 GPA, because if you don't, your parents will never let you home. You know what that's like, college students. You're working really hard. You have your friends. Your friends want to spend time with you. Maybe you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and they want to spend time with you. So you're trying to balance spending time with your boyfriend and spending time with your friends. And, and, and then you know, your friends are mad at you because you're not spending enough time with them, and your, your boyfriend or girlfriend's mad at you because you're not spending enough time with them. And then, then there's all this frustration around, how am I spending time? And, and your family, they're mad because you're not spending enough time with them. You never come home. You never see me anymore. Why don't you see me anymore? And, and you know, I'm just trying to get through all this. There's all this weight and all this pressure to, to, to maintain and, and graduate so I can get a real job and not live in your basement and have basement babies with my husband because no one wants that. Like, there's all this pressure. And, and then, you know, there's the freshman 15, but let's be honest, it's not just a freshman 15, it's like an every year 15. Like, it just keeps adding on. I'm getting bigger, so now I'm trying to work out. And then there's maintaining the 3.0 GPA and trying to balance a social life and get good grades and all of this weight. And, and it, I know you're tired. I'm tired just saying it. Like, that's a lot. But then the parents in the room are turning around saying, oh, you college students, you think you're busy? I work a nine-to-five job, and then I come home, and, and, and I get these envelopes in the mail. And in college, these envelopes were like letters written from your parents, and they were nice. These aren't written from your parents. These are written from people looking for money. And I pay that bill, and then another bill comes in. And then I got to pay that bill, then another bill. And then more bills keep piling in. And I got to work harder to pay all those bills so that we can live. And then stuff in the house falls apart. And I've got house projects that need to be done. And the house isn't clean, so I've got to work hard to get the house clean. And in the middle of cleaning the house and doing dishes and feeding my kids, my kids come to me, can you take me to school? Can you take me to, to Bobby's? Can you take me to work? And there, there's all of this trying to get things done with them. And then our car breaks down in the midst of all this. And how am I supposed to do all this on one vehicle? I've got to take him to school and go to work and, you know, take Johnny to, to soccer practice and Susie to drama. And there, there's all these demands on our time. And, and I, I don't know how I'm supposed to keep up with all this. And then in the midst of all of that, I have a relationship, right? I, I have to spend some time with my husband or spend some time with my wife. And, and I don't even have enough time for myself to think, like, how am I supposed to get all of this done? And that freshman 15 that turned into like a freshman 60 never came off. So I'm still kind of working on that. And there's more demands on my time for that. And Life just seems busy. I go to bed and I try to have a conversation and then my phone buzzes because my boss is, is still sending me things to do and, and I'm not even on the clock. How am I supposed to keep up with all of the demands on my time? Sometimes that's how life feels. To, to, to be honest, it, it feels a little like this. Like there are just so many things on our life, demanding our time and our attention. And it's all plugged in and there's no room. It feels like there's no room for anything more. I had this up earlier and someone's like, that's driving me crazy. That looks like chaos. Because <laughs> that's life. And everything's tapped in and everything's draining our resource and draining our attention. And then what's really interesting is if that isn't bad enough, all the demands on our time and all the demands uh, on our life, 
if you're a Christian, sitting on the back burner is God. And God can, can provide all the things for your life that you know you want. There's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. All the things that make our life worth living, all the things that make our life valuable. But there's no room. You see, the, the truth is, we are the most connected generation there's ever been. We're busier than people have ever been. People can, can reach us. Information can get us. Needs can get us at any time. We're so connected that there's no room for God to connect. We're too connected to connect with God. So what do we do? How, how do we connect? How do we grow? How do we, how do we spend time getting to know who God is when there's no room for him to fit in? Now, for some of us, it's, it's just a matter of pure busyness. There's, just, there's too much demand on our time for the amount of time in our day. For others of us, we just don't know how. And we feel like every time we do it, it doesn't work, right? Like, like I, I talk and I try to connect and, 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 I, and, and I try to get to, to know who God is and, and it just feels like, like it never works. It's just like I, I'm bumping heads. Maybe it's because you don't have your style figured out. And if you don't, you should go to our website and take that assessment and figure your style out. But I tried and, and it just, it's not working. And, and, and I feel like if it's not working, then what's the point? I might as well just give up. So we're too busy to connect. I love this series, You've Got Style. I love it because throughout this series, we're really trying to answer this one question. How do we best connect to God? How do you best connect to God? Not just me. How, how do we? Because we're all doing this together. I, I think it, it, it's a brilliant idea, and, and, and it's taking us on, on a journey. Hopefully, I know many of you have started it last week, to discover how we can connect. What is your personal style? We started last week by introducing this book, Sacred Pathways, written by Gary Thomas. Gary Thomas talks about uh, uh, nine sacred pathways. He basically did a lot of research, looking through church history and the Bible and seeing how people connect. And he kind of highlighted there are nine ways that people tend to connect with God. If you're a traditionalist, you tend to connect through ritual and through, through tradition, obviously. If you're a naturalist, you connect through nature. If you're a, a, <clears throat> an intellectual, you connect through your mind and through understanding. If you're a contemplative, you need time, you, you want to adore God, and sometimes that takes time. If you're an activist, you feel like you have to do things for the kingdom of God. If you're uh, an aesthetic, you just want simplicity and solitude. Maybe you're a caregiver, which means you like to care for people. Or an enthusiast, worship is the thing that gets you going. You need to have worship to feel like you can connect with God. Or perhaps you're, you're a sensate, which means you connect through your senses. But whatever you, you find yourself, and if you don't know where you are, head out to our website. We have a link right here for you. Go to journeymain.com, take that test. You can take it right now in the middle of the message. You can take it at home later. It's there for you. We get nothing out of it. Figure out what your style is. How, how are you wired? That's really what this is. How are we wired to connect with God? And see, what's really interesting is that idea that, that we're all kind of wired in a certain way. And, and if you're a parent, or maybe if you're not, you just see kids, you see that kids are wired certain ways. We're all wired in ways to behave and to connect. What's really interesting, though, that might be our style, but, but there's also this, this other idea that God has given us ways to connect to him. And that's where we're going to go this morning, that there's a difference, not just how we connect, and that's what we would call a style, but there's also what we would consider a staple. And these are ways that God has given us that we know are actual ways that we can connect with him. You see, we're all naturally kind of inclined or wired in a way to try to connect with God in a certain way. 
But God said, there's also these staples. There's also these ways that everybody should try to connect with me. And how you apply that based on your style might look a little different. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look at the staples, at our, the first staple, really. We're going to look at Luke uh, chapter 11. I love the gospel of Luke. Luke is a guy who, who wasn't a disciple. He didn't spend time with Jesus. He didn't talk with Jesus. He heard the story of Jesus. And he was so intrigued by the story, he wanted to know if it's actually true so he could tell a certain friend about it. So he did an investigation. He's this, this really detailed uh, uh, like healthcare worker, like a doctor, and, and he, just, he, he wanted to know all the details. So he sat and he did interview after interview with all of these eyewitnesses, and he penned it all down to give an orderly account to, to really discover, is Jesus who Jesus said he was? And at the end of it all, he, he concluded he was exactly who he said he was. Luke records this incredible conversation with, with the, Jesus and his disciples. And <clears throat> I, I think it's a brilliant conversation. It's one that we've looked at a piece of before a few times. Um, so we're going to see that quickly and then jump into this really uh, incredible illustration he gives that's going to introduce this first idea of a staple. There are styles. There are ways that we are all kind of wired to connect to God. But there are also staples. And these are, are ways that God said you can connect actually to him. So Luke Chapter 11, verse 1, he starts off this way. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples to pray. <clears throat> so Jesus continues. He said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now, we know that prayer. That prayer is really, really familiar for us. But the story doesn't end with that prayer. Jesus immediately then jumps into this, this illustration. It, it's a parable. It's a story to teach us a point. He immediately leaves this prayer and he jumps into this. He says, then, Jesus says, suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. <clears throat> well, then the friend speaks back. And suppose the one on the inside says, well, don't bother me. The door's already locked, my children are already in bed, and I can't get up and give you anything anyway. Jesus concludes, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because, and I love this phrase, of your shameless audacity, your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and for the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, if you haven't guessed, the, the first staple we're going to talk about this morning is prayer. Prayer is a key, and to be honest with you, over the last few months of my life, prayer is the thing that God is not letting me get away from. Personally, when I think about messages here and, and, and teaching, it's something that he keeps drawing me back to because it is foundationally important. And I know what, what you, your guess is. If this is your first time here or someone dragged you here or you woke up for this, you're thinking, Jim, I woke up for this. Like, I, I went to bed early last night. I was going to be disciplined. Like, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be, I'm going to be good. All, that, all those demands. I'm going to be there. <clears throat> I got up. I got dressed. I show up. And, and this is the best thing you have for me? Like, hey, pray some more? Yeah, it is. And now I'm going to pray and we're all going to be dismissed. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. You're not getting off that easy. <clears throat> See, I know prayer seems like the obvious answer, but really, I think prayer is the necessary answer. 
Imagine it this way. You're, you're married or you're in a relationship and you guys are struggling a little bit, so you go to a therapist and you, you sit down as a couple and, and you're talking to your therapist. And, and as you do, like most therapy sessions go, they begin to ask questions and they ask lots and lots of questions. And as they're asking questions and you're sitting down going through your first hour, it comes to the end and they just kind of sit and they look at you intently and, and they've heard all this. And then they, they kind of ask you this question. Well, let, let, let me ask, how much time do you guys spend talking to each other? And imagine if your answer was something like this. Well, I don't, I don't really like talking to him. It's like talking to a wall. I don't really get a good response. I don't really like talking to her. She's, you know, I, I never, never feel like I get the answer I want anyway. I'll talk to my friends, but I really want to talk to her. It's just, it's more of annoying. It's more of a nuisance. Like, we'll say things in passing, and, and, and when I need something, I'll talk to her, and I'll, I'll ask him. But, but other than that, I really don't want to talk to each other. I, I would imagine, if I were your therapist, the next thing out of my mouth might sound something like this, as, as lovingly as I possibly could. Hey, if you guys really want to connect and grow, maybe the first thing you need to do is start talking to each other. Maybe the first thing, the first step you can take is learning to connect by talking to each other. And not just talking when you need something, but talking to discover who that person is. And I think that's exactly what our Heavenly Father is saying to us. So many times we treat God like he's a genie in a bottle. I just go to him when I need something. I don't really like talking because maybe I don't know how. Or when I talk, I feel like I never get an answer. Or perhaps I don't get the answer I want. So I don't want to talk anyway. And I think God is saying, but, but if you would just come and you would just talk, if we could just get to know each other a little bit, if you would get to know me and I could get to know you, that's what a conversation is. That's why this is the first staple. You see, prayer is, is obvious, but it's also exceptionally necessary. Maybe we need to start having some conversation with God. And based on our style, that might look a little differently. Jesus starts by teaching his disciples really four principles about faith. What's really amazing is the first principle he teaches, he doesn't even use his words. He uses his actions. Right? It starts off, do you remember what Luke said in the beginning? Jesus was in that certain place. Luke's saying that to let us know, hey, hey, oftentimes Jesus would kind of leave from the crowds. If you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you hear often Jesus would go and he would teach and he'd perform miracles. And then he would sneak away from the crowd. He'd sneak away from his disciples. And he would go to places of solitude, places where, where there were no distractions. And he would go and he would spend time with God. Right up front, he's teaching his disciples, if you want to learn to connect, if you want to pray, and that's what I think his disciples are, are wanting, Jesus, there's something different about you. There's, there's something different about your relationship with God. You connect to God like we've never connected to God before. We want some of that. How do we do it? And Jesus said, Here, here's what you have to do. You need to learn to disconnect so that you can connect with God. That perhaps all of the demands on your time, all of the busyness and, and, and the schedule keeping and keeping up with grades and working out and, and, and work and relationships and, and all those other demands on your time, those are there and, and that's part of life. But if you really want to connect, perhaps you need to disconnect so that you can connect to God, so that you can increase this intimate relationship with your Heavenly Father. Maybe, perhaps, if we just learned to make some room, there would be a place for God to plug in. So the first thing we have to do is, is we have to disconnect to learn to connect. And then he starts going in, into the prayer. You want to learn how to pray? He said, here's how you pray. And he starts off his prayer. We've covered this so many times here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time belaboring the Lord's Prayer. We've all heard that prayer before. Whether you've been in church or you haven't been in church, maybe you heard it at a sports game because sometimes it's said. Like, it's a very famous prayer. And he starts off by giving the very famous prayer. But the first word is what's so important. 
Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we hear that and we're like, well, that's just kind of routine. And for some of us, that might even be ritual. That's how we were taught to pray every single prayer. But to the disciples, this was revolutionary. You never talk to God that way. They didn't even know you could talk to God that way. They may have thought like the ground would open up and swallow you because you addressed God so personally. He said, no, this is, this is exactly what I want you to do. I want you to connect to God, and I want you to connect to God in a personal way. As a matter of fact, the word he gives them for God is the Jewish word for father. It's Abba. And so if you were to go to Israel right now and walk the streets and see little kids running around, they would all be yelling back to their dad, Abba, Abba. It's like us saying, Dad, Dad. He said, you want to learn how to pray? Start your prayers off, hey, Dad. Hey, hey, hey Dad, do you see what I'm dealing with? Dad, I could really use your help. Dad, I, I, I'm just confused about what I should do next. What should my next step? Can you give me some advice, some wisdom? Would you speak into this? Hey, Dad, did you see that thing I did? Isn't that awesome? Hey, Dad, 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 Dad. I mean, if you're a parent, you're probably sick of hearing it. But Jesus said, that's the kind of relationship I want you to have with your heavenly Father. Yes, he's the creator of the universe, and it's cosmic, and it's amazing, and it's huge, and it seems so, so distant and far off. He said, but he's also personal. He's your father. So the first thing you have to do is disconnect to connect. The next thing you have to do is you have to pray personally. Hey, dad, I'm just struggling. My life feels like it's falling apart and I'm just holding on to to every thread I have. And and it seems like they just keep being ripped out of my hands. and I don't know what to do next. Hey, dad, my kids are struggling and and I'm trying to be a better dad or a better mom. And I, I just don't know what move to make. Hey, Dad, I'm just frustrated with with where things are going. Dad, I'm just so happy. Look at what you've done. Look at my kids. Look at my my family. Then after the Lord's Prayer, and if you're more interested in the Lord's Prayer, we have messages on that on our website. We'll link to one of them. You can check it out. But he he kind of, we're going to go right past the Lord's Prayer because then he gets to principle number two. He jumps into this, this illustration, if you will, this, this parable of basically you're a friend who's in need, right? You have a friend who came over to your house, maybe late at night, they're traveling, and, and he has, you, have no, you have nothing to feed him. You have no bread. So you kind of show up at your friend's house and say, hey, so-and-so showed up. I've got nothing to feed them. I, I didn't know they were coming. I'm not prepared. Do you have anything I can give them? And you know, he kind of yells back at you, like maybe through the screen door, because that's how we would do it nowadays. Like, no, 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 sorry. Kids are in bed, shutting the lights off, going to bed myself, setting the alarm. Got nothing to give you. Your, your neighbor makes his way upstairs. You said, that could be the end of it if he, it was just based on friendship. He said, but no, you see, you don't stop. You keep going. You keep knocking, and you keep asking, and now you're banging the screen door. Yo, I need some help. Give me some food. You got any kale? I mean, really, no one's asking for kale. You got any mac and cheese or whatever it is, chips and dip? I need to give them something. And Jesus, I love that phrase, because of your shameless audacity. You just kept going and kept going. You were like that Energizer bunny. You didn't stop. You kept asking and kept asking and kept asking. He said, here's the key to prayer number two. You got to disconnect to connect. You got to pray persistently or pray personally, and then you need to pray persistently. He said, don't don't give up. Keep asking. And for some of you, you you pray, and it's like, well, I don't don't hear anything, so I'm just going to stop praying. Or or I I, I prayed about something, and the situation didn't turn out the way I thought it should turn out, so I'm just not going to pray anymore because I didn't get the answer I wanted. He said, no, don't give up. Keep praying. Be persistent. 
Continue to pray. Continue to knock. Continue to ask. Continue to seek. And, and here's the amazing thing about prayer. He says all this, and I don't think he's saying this because he wants us to get what we want. Because uh, what I've discovered through prayer is that's not what prayer is. Jesus is saying this because the more you pray, the more persistent you are, the more you're talking to God, you're getting to know God. And God's getting to know you. And, and that intimate relationship between a son and a father or a daughter and a father, it's, it's beginning to grow. And you're beginning to understand and know God better. And maybe perhaps the things you even went to him at the very beginning that you were asking about, they don't seem as important anymore. And you're connecting to your father and your relationship has grown. So, so ask and then keep asking. Knock and then keep knocking. Seek and keep seeking. Be persistent. Get to know God and God will get to know you. And they said, oh yeah, and by the way, as you're asking, because that's what I've asked you to do, you know, you disconnect to, to connect, you, you pray personally, Father in heaven, and then you, you keep being persistent. He said, everybody who asks, they receive. And everybody who knocks, the doors open. And everybody who seeks, finds. Or our translation is, when you seek, you're going to find it. You can expect God to answer. Point number three is pray expectantly. You can expect God to answer, but, but here's the thing. He may not answer the way you thought. He, he may not answer and give you everything you want. God isn't like a genie in the bottle and you, you, know, you just shake the bottle the right way to get the answer you want. You, you pray and, and sometimes you don't get the answer you want. Sometimes it's, it looks completely different. This isn't like, like a, an excuse to go through life and never have trouble. As a matter of fact, Jesus said the exact opposite. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. You will have hardship, but take heart because I have overcome the world. But every time you knock, you can expect God to answer. And every time you ask, you can expect God to give you the answer. And every time you seek, you can expect to find God. So when you pray, you pray personally and you pray persistently. And you pray expecting God to answer. Because the truth is, he wants to answer you. I mean, this is like the thing that blows my mind. The creator of the universe wants to know you personally. He wants to know me personally. And he said, yes, you all have a style to connect but there's also this staple, and here's the first staple. Pray, connect with me, converse with me, talk with me. What's amazing is that when the disciples asked Jesus this question, Jesus, you seem to have a better prayer life than we do. We've never prayed like that. How do we pray like you? Jesus didn't come up with, with this like ludicrous answer. Here's what you have to do. You have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Not 4.29 because God's still asleep. Not 4.31 because you've already missed him. 4.30 on the dot. Then you get downstairs and you get your favorite mug. And you brew a cup of Starbucks coffee, and, or I will say for this, uh, this audience, unrest coffee. Don't use folders because God doesn't bless folders. Unrest coffee. And then you get your favorite cup of unrest coffee, and you go and you sit on the, your front porch. If you don't have a front porch, you know, your driveway or your parking lot. And you make sure you're facing southeast. So as the sun comes up and it, the sun begins to warm your face, that's your cue. God's woken up. He's there. He's with you. And, and as you begin to pray and you begin to warm up, that's, that's how you know God's answered your prayers. Right? I mean, it's ridiculous, but that's how some of us live. Like there's this, this ritual that if I don't do this thing this way, God doesn't hear me. No, no, no. That, that's the beauty in all this. Jesus didn't answer that kind of specifically. He, he said, here's how you should pray. Here's a way to pray. Now you figure out how to apply that to your style. He basically made room for all of us, for how we're wired, for how we connect. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to disconnect. I want you to pray personally. I want you to pray persistently. I want you to pray expectantly. And I want you to do all of that according to your style. 
So for some of you, that might mean I wake up, you know, five minutes in the morning and I, I pray. For some of you, it might mean I need an hour at night. For some of you, it means I, I got to turn worship up full blast or I need to go for a walk outside. For, for people like me, I need absolute silence. For some of you, it means I gather the family together and we pray together. Or maybe I pray on the way to work. But what's beautiful in this is that he created space for each and every one of us because we all look a little different. We're all wired a little differently. He said, the key here is I want you to connect. I want you to pray. I want you to talk to your father. But how that looks for you might look a little different. If you're a traditionalist, the traditionalists are the people who like to connect with God or love connecting with God through ritual and symbol. He said, that may look a little different for you. Maybe for you, it's, it's you get some time to pray. You, you pray, and, and, and maybe to pray, you, you go get a book. You get a, a book that was written, uh, the Book of Prayer from the Saints, written years and years ago, records all of these, these historical prayers from, from saints that were read throughout church history. Maybe you get that book, and you just begin to read those prayers and memorize those prayers, recite those prayers over you and over your family so that you connect with God, but you're connecting with God through, through your style, through ritual, through tradition. Maybe if that's not you, maybe you're a naturalist. Naturalists love connecting with God through the outdoors. Then get up and go outside. Take a walk when you're at work. Maybe take your lunch break and go for a walk around your building and just take a moment to connect. Maybe wake up just a few minutes early, and this sounds weird, but if you're a naturalist, you're going to love this. You walk outside barefoot and you just stand in your grass. And you just feel the grass on your feet and the wind outside, and you just take a moment to connect with God. If that's you, then own it and connect. I had a mentor who, who he was a naturalist. That was his wiring. And every time life would go wrong with him, he had that place that he would go to. He had that, that certain place. He would walk through a field over to some train tracks. And anytime things weren't going rough, anytime you know, life got a little hectic for him or he felt like he needed to connect with God, I always knew where to find him. He would always be at that certain place because he was a naturalist. He had his place, just like Jesus had his place. Do you have your place? Maybe you're not an electrist. Maybe you're an intellectual. Intellectuals, they love to connect with God through their mind and through understanding. This is my highest wiring. I love to understand God. And the more I feel like I can understand him, the closer I feel like I get to him. And if that's you, get some books. Begin to read. Get an Audible account. That's like the greatest thing in the world. You don't have to read. It's like the lazy man's way to connect, right? You just like plug it in and listen, and you start connecting to God. Maybe here's what you do. You carve out a few minutes of your day to read a book and you just listen to the words. And as you're reading the words and you come across thoughts that challenge you and challenge maybe your idea of God or how God would move in your life or in, in something in the world, you take a moment from that and you just begin to pray about those thoughts. You begin to pray about the things that are kind of interesting and exciting your mind. Get some books on prayer. There's a book called Whisper, Circle Maker. There's another one called Prayer, Living Prayerfully. Begin to read about prayer. And as that challenges you, take a moment to pray. And pray about what you're reading. If you're not an intellectual, maybe you're a contemplative. Contemplative, they love God through adoration. They just need time. They just want to enjoy God's presence. And if that's you, then enjoy his presence. Maybe uh, get a moleskin journal. Those are like really nice journals. I have a few of them scattered around my office with like two lines written in them. So if you need one, come find me. I've got plenty. <clears throat> I've tried that. I tried the whole, you know, wake up 430 journal. It doesn't work for me. But maybe it works for you. Then get a journal. And, and, and begin to write your prayer. Start your prayer just like Jesus said, our Father. And then write whatever it is on your heart. Begin to write your prayers to God. Begin to take a moment and allow God to connect with you through whatever your style might be. 
Maybe you're an aesthetic. Aesthetics like simplicity and solitude. This is my other strongest style. When I want to connect with God, I want to be alone. And I got to tell you, with three little kids at home, it's really hard. So maybe that means you wake up a little earlier. Or if you're like me, you stay up a little later. And when you're staying up, you don't fill that time because it's so easy to fill time with the demands on our life. Just take a moment. Be quiet. And I know the quiet scares some of you. It excites me. And if you're an aesthetic, it probably excites you. And just be simple and connect and find a way to connect. Maybe you, you do what I talked about last week. You go to that monastery in, in southern Maine. Or, or better yet, get, get an Airbnb. We live in Maine, right? Like, there's like beautiful nature all around us. Just go to a place where you can unplug where there's no distractions and spend the night having a conversation with God. It's a beautiful thing. If you're not an ascetic, maybe you're an activist. These are people who love God through fighting for godly principles. They feel like they've got to be doing something. If that's you, that's awesome. <clears throat> maybe for you, the best thing you can do is begin to volunteer at a nonprofit. See what's happening and begin serving the people in this community through whatever cause you feel passionate about. Better yet, make a list of all the nonprofits in our area and begin to pray for them every single day. Pray for the people who are working there. Pray for the people that they're serving. Get this idea. This is, I thought it was so brilliant. Get this idea that, that you're not just doing this work out of, out of discipline and strength, but God's already doing this work, and you're just partnering with God and what God's already doing. If you're an activist, maybe just take a moment and thank God that you get to partner with him for what he's already doing at work in our city, in our communities, in these people's lives. Take a moment. Find a way to connect. If you're not an activist, maybe you're a caregiver. Caregivers, they love God through serving others. Maybe go to the hospital and pray for some people. Volunteer at the hospital. And every moment you get, you just stop and say your prayer. And if it's weird to do it out loud, then say it inside. Say it silently. But take a moment and pray. Here's the thing about caregivers. One of the most, like, important things you can do is not try to be like another style. Don't lock yourself in a closet at 4.30 in the morning because that's what everybody else does. Maybe the most important thing you can do when you pray is to walk into your kid's room and just hold their foot and pray for them. Maybe it's, it's to find a family member who's hurting and just sit down and put your arm around their shoulder and let them know that they're loved and that you're praying for them. You don't have to be like somebody else. God created each of you unique. Be unique. And connect with God through your style. Maybe you're an enthusiast. You love God through mystery and celebration. These are the people that, that you're going to want music, and you're going to want it up loud. You're going to want to celebrate. Believe it or not, as opposite as it can be to an aesthetic, this is another part of my style. Sometimes I'm driving in the truck, and my favorite song will come on. And right now it's Gyra by Elevation Worship and Maverick City. And when it comes on, it like volume goes all the way up. I don't care if the kids are with me. Windows go down. It could be snowing. And we're screaming it out at the top. It's just... We love it, and we get excited, and everyone in my truck's screaming. And then there are moments where the song breaks, and you know what I find myself doing? I find myself praying through some of the things we just sang, praying over some of the lyrics that, that, that just spoke to me. If you're a, an enthusiast, maybe that's what you do. You take a journal, and you just begin to write down the lyrics of the songs that you find yourself singing, and you begin to pray them as prayers to God. Maybe you just take a moment in the middle of a song as you're singing songs and as you're, you're spending time worshiping, and you just pause, and you begin to pray the words to God that you were singing. If you're musically inclined, maybe sit at your piano or grab your guitar and begin to connect through God, through worship. And lastly, maybe you're a sensei. Sensei, they connect through God through their senses. 
Maybe one of the best things you can do is find a beautiful place outside or maybe in a beautiful building or cathedral. And you sit down by yourself and you have communion. And while you have communion, you, can re you remember all the things that Christ has done for you. Maybe when you pray, pray but hold on to a cross so that you can remember, so that there, there, there's, there's some kind of ritual, there's some kind of symbol, that you're, there, there's something tactile for you to hold on to so that you can connect to God. You see, we're all unique. We're all wired in different ways. But all of us are supposed to be connecting to God. Try. It may not work for you. To be honest, as you try this, I'm guessing there are going to be some things you try, and you're going to be like, that did not work. Like that, I, I tried. Journals, I've tried, and I've tried, and it, it doesn't work for me. Here's the thing. Keep trying. Keep knocking. Keep asking. Eventually, you might find something that works. Our Father, who art in heaven, the creator of the universe, this big, glorious, grand God wants to connect with you. And he wants to know you. Better yet, he said, I, I want you to know me. Jesus said it this way in John. He had this beautiful verse. He says, I am the vine. I, I, I'm the source. I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. He said, you, you remember all those things we talked about at the beginning that you want? You know, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. He said, those are all things that, that everybody wants more of in your life. He said, remember, I am the source of all of those things. You want these things in your life? Make some room. Disconnect so that you can connect to me. Because the more you connect to me, the more you get to know me, the more I get to know you, the more your life produces these things. And who doesn't want that? I mean, I can't speak for you. I can only speak for me, but I'll be completely honest. I could use a little more loving in my life. I'm sure there's somebody I know who would say, Jim, you could stand to be a little bit kinder. I could use a little more gentleness, a little more faithfulness. To be really honest, my kids would say, Dad could use a little more self-control. <laughs> connect to me. And I'll connect to you. And all the things you want out of life, your life will begin producing. See, when you remained in me and I remained in you, I'm the source of your love, of your joy, of your hope, of your peace. And all of that will come through me, to you. Jesus said there are four things you need to do to model how I pray. Disconnect to connect. Pray pers personally. Pray persistently. Pray expectantly. If that's you, maybe that's where you need to start. As a matter of fact, there's some homework for all of us. If you hadn't taken that test yet, if you weren't, were one of the ones who didn't get online, head out to our website. Here's what you do, journeymain.com. If you have your smartphone, you can take a, a, a pic at and it'll take you right to the form. Fill out that form. Get to know your style. Get to know who I am. How did God wire me? That's step one. For everyone else, and if, if you haven't done that, sorry, you have three pieces of homework to do. If you have done that, you only get two. Here's part two. I'm going to challenge each of you this week. Disconnect to connect. Sit down with your calendar and block off some time. Maybe it's, it's five minutes a day every morning or 15 minutes at night. Maybe for some of you contemplatives who, like, you need the time, it's a two-hour window in, in the week, wherever it is. 
for you to spend time, to disconnect from your life so that you can connect to your heavenly father. And then part two is when you do, I want you to try it. Pray personally. Father, or better yet, Dad, pray persistently. I'm going to keep coming back, and I'm going to keep doing this until I know you and you know me. And pray expectantly. I know when I do, you'll be there. I know when I do, you're going to show up because you said you would. If I knock, you'll answer. If I ask, you'll give it. If I seek, I'm going to find it. Disconnect to connect. Pray personally, pray persistently, pray expectantly. We all have styles, and there are staples. Let's all start with prayer. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God. Lord, for the truth in your word, for this, this amazing, God, verse from Jesus on prayer, and then this illustration that followed. Lord, that would hopefully inspire all of us, God, to begin to take steps in our lives to connect to you, our Father. God, to know you better and for you to know us better. God, I pray for each of us first that you would give us the courage to take a step in this direction. God, maybe we don't even know who we are or what our style is, and this all sounds a little weird on a Sunday morning. God, would you give them the courage to take a step and, and God, take that assessment, to know how you've wired them. God, and then would you give them the courage, Lord, to take a step beyond that and begin to disconnect from areas of their life so that they can connect to you. God, the demands on our time, the demands on, on, on our lives, God, are so much. But would you show us, Lord, just a, a moment where we can take a piece out so that we can put you in. God, and as we do, I pray that we would, we would begin to connect in ways we never had. We would begin to see our relationship grow in ways it never had. God, that we would get to know you. And that you, Lord, would ultimately get to know us. I thank you for all these things. In your Son, our Savior, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.